Hey everybody, this is Patrick Paul for the Everyday Teacher Podcast. Uh, we've kind of been on hiatus as the school year has started. We're off and running. So it's time to get uh, get some people back on here to, to give us insight on the educational world. We are in episode 15 and I'm really excited to have a very good friend of mine from high school back in the day. Um, this guy is personally responsible for helping me pass geometry, so I'm really stoked to have him on here. Mr. John Henderson. John, how you doing, bud? Doing great. Thank you. Thanks for the intro. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't that great at geometry, but I was a little bit better than you, so that was good. Yeah, and, you know, as they say, Ds get degrees. So, <laughs> um, so um, John, as we kind of dive back into um, the podcast here, and we're trying to get uh, the – a teacher's perspective on everything that's gone have gone on not only education world but with covid and then the start of the new school year Let, let's start off with something easy can you tell the listeners number one how did you get into education and where do you teach what do you teach and why why do you like teaching sure um so it's kind of a funny story that you mentioned high school because that you know obviously that's where we met but um I was a junior in high school sitting, you know, in the back of a classroom wearing my hat like I did every day and um, wondering what, what I was going to get out of this class, which, which wasn't a whole lot. And I was thinking to myself what I wanted to do um, eventually uh, as a career. And as I was sitting there, as most kids do, you're kind of thinking what you like and what you don't like. And um, there were a couple of things I liked. And one of them was, reading i was i like to read i like to write you know i um i was good in english i liked my english teacher and um my other love was anything involved in sports uh i loved all sports and whatever season it was i was involved in that specific sport either playing or watching and if it wasn't going on i was playing with you and other friends and trying to just to, you know, be active. And so I thought to myself, how am I going to combine both my loves of my life? And I wasn't, you know, the greatest student, but I thought to myself, I could, I could be an English teacher and, and a coach. And I could, I could teach what I loved, which was reading novels and talking about the themes and novels. And I could also coach after school and still be involved in sports because I knew I wasn't good enough. You know, everybody at one point in their life figures out they're not good enough. Right. right. <laughs> my my, my uh, realization came in high school that, you know, there was no sport I was good enough at that I was going to take me to the next level. Some people realized that earlier than me, some people much later than me, but most of us all realize it at one point. So I'm like, I'm not going to make a living doing just sports. And um, so I thought, okay, I could still be involved and help, other kids learn about these sports. And at the same time, I could be teaching and connecting life's mottos and, you know, life lessons to kids as we read these novels and help them, you know, overcome whatever obstacles there are in, in their life. So that's kind of how I got into teaching was from that point, my junior year, I said, that's what I'm going to do. And that's where I, I angled my life path towards. Awesome. Hey, so who did you didn't didn't you have didn't we have Jacks for English junior year? We had so I had a couple different English teachers, but mostly Laura Ott was right. kind of the one that inspired me to. 
she was right. you know an English teacher and a and a drama coach and I think right. eventually became a principal but um, right. she inspired me but my baseball coach was also one of my right. English teachers um, right. and so you know I thought that he he lived a pretty cool life you know he teaching English and after school he got to go coach baseball and throw the ball around and hit the ball around so I'm like okay that that uh, that was awesome. Jack Hodges and right. uh, you know he went eventually moved up and became the coach of Saddleback for a long time and pretty legendary coach. But that, you know, I just felt like I could combine both my loves. And when, you know, like everybody says, if you can come, you know, find something that someone's willing to pay you and you love to do it, then you found what you really are looking for in life. Yeah. And, and, and it's not work. It's, you know, when, yeah. you know, you know I, I'm sure your dad was the same way, but my dad said, when, when you start calling it a job, it's time to find something else to do. So, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so most, you know, most days I get up and I'm excited to go to work. So it's yeah. Great. And, and I had the, the privilege of working with John for two years at when I, when I was doing my, uh, my tour stop, if you will, at, at Laguna Beach high school. And, you know, the one thing I always appreciated when I kind of came in your room, there was this ambiance that kids genuinely wanted to be there. And, and, you know, that's a testament. I mean, I, you know, I knew who you were as a person, but the fact that the, the students picked up on that you were a genuine individual that you truly cared about, not only what was going on in your classroom, but with what was going on with them in your classroom, you know, you, you could just tell there was just a vibe and then, you know, and, and there were a number of teachers at, at LBHS that, that had created that culture a bit. Um, you still playing Manic Monday on uh, yeah. Mondays? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that <boy. laughs> that's, you know, we get a walk-in song every day um, to get the kids, you know, kind of excited to start the day. And Monday is the same exact song, Manic Monday. And I still have kids, you know, that have graduated five, six years down the road that email me. I heard Manic Monday today and I thought of you. And I'm like, see, there you go. You learned something from my class. That's good. Yeah, shout out to the Bengals, uh, wherever they are, um, good stuff. So, okay, so let's kind of rewind the tape back to the spring. You know, March comes rolling around and COVID hits and, you know, you guys go into shutdown mode, mm -hmm. um, just like everybody else. Now, just real quick, Laguna Beach High School uh, is, is the only high school in its district. It's its own small pocket, if you will. The district's made up of two elementary schools, a middle school, and a high school. Um, so it's a very small population, somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, 1,100 to 1,300 students, depending on where the tenure dip is. So, um, so it's somewhat insulated. With that being said, you know, what were some of the initial responses you guys had, you as a teacher had as a staff, and then really the high school itself? So let's kind of tackle that component of this question first. Okay, sure. Um, so as, as with most everybody, it, you know, the shutdown came quickly, right? Um, we were in school one day, and the next day they said, we're not coming back to school for a couple of weeks. It was kind of, I remember the initial was like a couple of weeks. It was like coming up on spring break. So people were thinking after spring break, we right. would be back. All right. So our um, teacher staff basically was under the impression that this potentially could be like a two to three week spring break. And then um, a few days went by and our district decided that we needed to go straight to distance learning 
which at that time really nobody had heard of. <laughs> you know, <laughs> distance learning is now a very common phrase, but back then they were like, okay, you gotta teach online, you know, and um, luckily for Laguna Beach High School, they had in a way been preparing for this because every kid was one-to-one -one into technology. So they were still, they were, everybody had a laptop, whether they owned one or they got one from the school for the last couple of years, everybody had a functioning right. laptop, which a lot of high schools did not have at that time. Right. So we had two days, okay, as a staff to prepare for distance learning. We were off on Friday and then on, they said on, on basically on Monday, they said by Wednesday, we're starting distance learning. And we're like, <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Right. And they're like, I don't know. You figure it out. Right. And so Monday, Tuesday, we were figuring it out. <clears throat> and so obviously if I had to change anything, it would be that it would be not this rush to solve a problem that ends up being a bigger problem because of the rush job. Right. right. So, um, you know, hindsight's 2020, but at the same time, while it was happening, we were like, why, why not give this, a, you know, maybe make this the spring break or have a two week right. spring break and then we'll figure it out in two weeks what we want to do. It was a two day thing. And so teachers were scrambling and it was chaotic and the kids didn't know what to do. And it just ended up being, in my opinion, almost it took, you know, a good two months before everyone kind of figured out what was going on. Right. So, right. yeah, it was hard, but you know, we were doing our best, but at the same time, there wasn't a ton of interaction and probably not a ton of learning going on. Right. No, I, yeah, I, it, yeah, I mean, same thing is, is, you know, one of the things obviously teaching in the virtual space already, it, it's, you know, people are like, oh, it's like, you know, virtual learning. I'm like, well, no, it's not. I mean, it, it's not a knock on the public schools. It's not a knock on the teachers. It's just, they're not set up in the model that I'm set up. I mean, you're right. asked to do things organically. Now, again, in, in, it's interesting when I was talking with like, you know, cows and I'd reach out to Alvarez and, and those guys. And, you know, luckily because of having, you know, being a Google flagship school and then having your, having the students one-to-one, -one, you know, really district wide. Um, and then using some of the technologies to be able to post assignments that, I mean, I, I would, I would assume, you know, when you compare to Laguna Beach, you know, the other high schools in the area, specifically South County, I mean, you guys were probably like head and shoulders uh, above, you know, some of the other schools like Laguna Hills or Aliso or, or what have you. So that's, you know, kind of a yeah. bonus. Um, but still, yeah. I mean, to basically ask you to, you know, stand on your head and teach was a monumental task. And I know we hear all the frustration, you know, we see it in the news, we see it on long, online and social media. I'm sure you heard it from students or parents and it, it just made it, a, made it a big challenge. But, you know, in my two cent opinion, I thought teachers uh, as a whole really rose to the occasion with little or no support. And to be fair to administrators, it's not like they were getting a lot of direction either. And no. I think, no, it, unfortunately, you know, in, in, in most cases, principals are stuck between the DO and their staff and they, 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 they're going to lose no matter what. And, yeah. and as long as they don't say anything stupid, they're fine. <laughs> but with that being said, so. Yeah, it was, um, like, it was, you know, it was, it was an interesting time because, you know, you're, 
you're you're learning even what Zoom is. Uh, where, whereas now it's like a common household name. In March, nobody even knew what that was. And we're like, go oh, get on Zoom and talk to your kids. And we're like, what is that even? And all of a sudden you had Zoom bombers, you had all this stuff going on. Right. You had no idea how to control the class. Um, you know, I, I started doing Zoom and kids were, you know, taking over my screen and playing Fortnite. And I was just like, what, what is happening? <laughs> and then you're like, wait, go left. Yeah. <laughs> What's in that building yeah. right there? Yeah, build a wall, build a wall, you're good. <laughs> Exactly. Where's my ax? Yeah. I, yeah, we, so sadly enough, the first day of our school year this year, that exact thing happens. And unfortunately we were actually in the news because um, let's just say the person who decided to do that said some very inappropriate things that uh, had to get, had to get the law involved. So that's no fun. No. So um, so you guys survive going yep. into the summer. Were you guys given any specific marching orders as far as what fall was going to look like, or was like, wait and see, these are kind of the things you should be working on. Was there any clear directive either from, you know, the soup or your principal? Well, um, like you mentioned before, they, everybody was kind of in this waiting period. And right. nobody really knew what was going to go, what was going to happen, what, um, you know, Governor Newsom was going to do um, in the state and, and if he was going to allow kids to go back to in-person instruction. So there was a lot of waiting around as they were trying to figure out if one, if we went one way, what would we do? If we went the other way, what we were going to do? There was a committee put together in our district that so made up of some teachers and administrators to try to figure out if they could put together some type of hybrid model that if we were allowed to go back, this is what it would look like with the amount of kids per classroom and the six feet apart and right. you know, this, that, and the other. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, eventually, you know, people were starting to realize that we were going to start distance learning full time and that it needed to look drastically different than it did in the spring. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny, you know, with, you know, the, you know, the twins go to Valencia and, and, you know, my oldest, she's at La Paz. Right. So, you know, they, they, they did a pretty good job of, of working with what they had, but at least at Valencia, the principal never once said that teachers are working hard this summer to get ready. She never said that. Yeah. Where every other school that was out there, you know, or the superintendent, like, you know, the teachers are working hard and, you know, you talk to them like, we have no idea what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what the expectations right. are. And, you know, it comes down to the 11th hour and it's, you know, what was it? The 20 most starting the 17th, 18th, whatever it was. And it's, you know, they're going back to school on August 13th. The teachers are in, in some districts and they're like, uh, what are we supposed to be doing? Oh, well, you know, just kind of put something together and this is the expectation. And, you know, it's just, and I get the wait and see thing, but it, it just, it frustrated me and I wasn't even a part of it because I could yeah. feel the level of frustration I had, you know, you hear from, you know, people we know in, in the profession. So yeah, it's really, really unfortunate. So school started. Okay. Started back in August off to a good start. Two thumbs, still kind of not sure. Um, actually, it's going better than I thought. Um, you know, I, 
I was a little afraid of, like I mentioned before, the Zoom mm-hmm. um, and, and doing that every day. Um, but I knew I had to, and I knew we, we had to create um, a schedule for the kids that they would stick to as if they were actually in class. And right. so eventually it had to just be, if you have first period from nine to 10, then you have a Zoom from nine to 10. It's mandatory. You have to keep your cameras on. Right. Um, if you don't come, you're absent. If you're absent, it's just like any other absence. Right. Um, you're responsible for the work. Or if it's truant, you don't get to do the work, whatever, right? So right, right. Um, <clears throat> luckily, um, our school and district decided that those would be the parameters and that they would send those out to the parents and let them know these are the expectations that we have and right. that's what your teachers expect. So, um, you know, I was a little fearful of what was going to happen, but it's gone fairly well. Um, you know, we're on each, <clears throat> we have, I actually only have two periods cause we're on like a trimester. They changed, oh. we're going to be high school to like right. a trimester model. Right. So each kid has, uh, two classes that last for 12 weeks and then they'll that will they'll try to we'll try to cover the whole year in the 12 week span <laughs> oh so that that gets a little wow. tricky especially yeah. for you know different classes like ap and things right. like that luckily i don't teach ap so i don't have to worry about that but um still you know keeping these kids entertained and engaged and in, in within a zoom where their cameras are on for two hours has been challenging. Right. And it's, it's like you're creating a whole new curriculum on the fly. Right. So even though we, I've read these books and even though I have assignments, they are all designed for in-person instruction, not for sure. virtual. So um, as, as I've talked with most teachers, we feel the same way. And that is like, we're first year teachers again, just right. figuring this stuff out on our own. Um, beg borrowing and stealing and trying to come up with something that will engage these kids for two hours every day. And, um, and so it's been, it's been tough, but it's also been kind of, you know, enlightening in a way like, Hey, I I can do this. You know, I can, I can spend time at home redeveloping my curriculum and recreating it. And, and it's, I spend a lot of time doing that. But at the same time, it kind of gives you, you know, a little bit of energy. It gives you a little bit of like, like joy in a way that you can, you can engage kids even through a two hour Zoom. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I've certainly heard that, that before where it's like being a first year teacher all over again. And, And I know, you know, some teachers who are, let's just say older than we are, that we're not really a part of the technology boom and where they would wait in line at the copier machine every morning, you know, certainly, you know, they had major, major hiccups and, you know, issues that they just, they just weren't, it's not that they weren't capable. They, they just didn't have the, the wherewithal to, 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 to know how to resolve these issues. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm sure it's hard for a lot. I mean, it's hard for me. It's hard for a lot of people, but I'm sure it's hard for people that aren't technology savvy. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, now, when what is the schedule for students to return? So for the Beach High School, it's 
determined that we are going to go back on November 20th because that is the end of the first trimester. Gotcha. And as teachers, we asked because we are creating a whole new curriculum Mm -hmm. and because zoom is different and uh, it could be effective as we, as we're finding that if we were to come back with two or three weeks left in the first trimester, it would be a whole different ball game again. And we asked the district, can we just finish the trimester the way we're going? That way we can start fresh in person with, with a whole new set of kids. Sure. And, and luckily the school board uh, voted yes. And therefore the, our high school is going back on the, on the 20th. Okay, wait. So, so I'm clear and I, I want to make this point and I, I kind of do it sheepishly, but your district actually listened to what you teachers had to say and they were accommodating. Yes. Is that what, is that what you're telling me? Yes. All right. It, so it, ha- it happened. Um, <laughs> we weren't hopeful. Right. At, at one point the vote was to go back um, next week or something like that, sure. October 4th or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the teachers kind of banded together and really talked it out. Um, we had a big zoom. Um, right. talked to our, our, um, a representative, mm-hmm. um, she then presented our, our, you know, conversation or whatever right. to the board. Right. And, right. It's crazily enough. They actually voted in our favor and listened to us and said, the teachers wow. know what they're talking about. I don't know what happened, but, but they, <laughs> they agreed. They agreed. Wow. Yeah. It was yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's, I mean, that's such a rarity. I mean, I, I interviewed a couple teachers that were, that are in SVUSD, some that teach at, at Laguna Hill specifically, and, and it's hard. I mean, the, 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 the tail or the, you know, the tail is certainly wagging the dog in most yeah. districts. And, you know, on Sunday, there was an article posted in the Orange County Register that Los Alamitos teachers were going to strike and they oh, were, wow. they were, they were, due to come back all kids are due to come back in that district today oh wow um which that would have been a negative experience so yeah you know it's there's a lot of unknowns i I get i get the pressure i do i'm a parent you're a parent yeah i know all your kids are in college now which is crazy to think except for one except for one he's a junior in high school oh that's right i forgot about the wee lad i'm not quite that old yet even though we are the same age Actually, I think I'm older than you by a couple months. But oh, there you go. So, <laughs> um, but but still, I understand. I understand. I, I I do. I'm a parent. You know, I want my kids. You know, right now my kids are at school right now, and I'm, oh, okay. I'm at least the twins are. You know, my daughter's upstairs. Yeah. You know, who knows what she's doing? But <laughs> reading or watching The Office or something. But there you go. You know, I think at the end of the day, if we got to put safety first and I don't care where you stand on the issue, but if we're not taking that into consideration, I don't, and I, I think we're doing everybody a disservice, not just students, not just teachers, not just families, but you know, it, it's a, it's an all encompassing thing. So, yep. Yep. so with this unique time in education, you know, what are some of the ways you've been able to support your students? I mean, obviously again, I've seen firsthand, the relationships that you're able to cultivate in your classroom because of your approach to teaching, your approach to kids, you get it. They, they, they quickly see that you get it. And you know, those defense mechanisms certainly drop down. Mm -hmm. 
now that you don't have that interaction, you know, what are some of the ways so far this year that you've been able to kind of still build those bridges with those students to be able to, you know, get them to do the things that you need them to do on a daily basis? That's a good question. And um, it was something I was really um, concerned about because you're right in person, you, you can talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. You can, when they come in early, they might be the first one in the room. You can ask them stuff or their last one, or you could see they're having a bad day. It's really easy to walk by and, and, and talk to them and build those relationships. So this way I was really concerned about not getting to know my students as well as I usually do via virtual learning. Um, so I've tried to find little nooks and crannies here and that, and it comes with um, them basically submitting assignments and you getting the opportunity to write or type in comments on, on we, we use canvas right. uh, as a platform and them, I, I'm able to create certain prompts for my writing that connect them not only to the book, but to them personally. So I get to kind of view their personalities and then I get to comment on those and hopefully let them know I, you know, I'm, I, I like what you said here. I'm glad you shared that with me. Right. Um, I, I love getting to know you as a person kind of deal through, through that right. platform rather than, than in person. But I think at least I'm able to, to let them know I care via, sure. via these type of comments or on, you know, on this type of platform. So I've been trying to do that. Um, I'm still coaching, coaching girls golf. We're, we're in, we're not in season, but we're practicing a couple of days a week. So I'm able to at least see them and talk right. to them and, and try to get to know them better um, in that, in that way. But with my students, for sure, just trying to make comments on certain into prompts that I, that I sign them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, what's interesting, you know, when, you know, same thing, you know, I, I love being able to engage in students and then to kind of see all my quirks and foibles and idiosyncrasies and spastic moments. And, you know, I, you know, that was one of my major concerns coming here is having that detachment from kids. But, you know, I think the one thing that's worked for me is just still being me, you know, and yeah. just, the craziness, the goofiness that comes through the camera and, and, you know, kids are pretty quick to, you know, open up, you know, and, and just being able to have, like I had it, like before we came on, I was talking with a student and he's, he's, he's just not in a good space. So we kind of talked through it and, you know, he kind of, you know, you know, pulled down some walls a little bit and, you know, we were able to kind of talk through a few things and, you know, helped him to get kind of, you know, motivated for the afternoon and, you know, but it's, you know, those, those are the conversations that people don't understand the value that a teacher or, and or a coach has with a student. And yeah. um, at the end of the day, it could save parents a ton. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think that those are, and I don't, and I don't want to say that, you know, parents in general don't understand that. I think they would all agree at some level that there is a, um, those relationships, those conversations that their student might be having with a teacher are far more valuable than some of the, the, the conversations they're having with their own child. So, you know, it, hopefully in this space, you know, all teachers, you know, are able to, to try to make those connections. And I think getting feedback and say, Hey, I really like what you said here. I think that's great. I mean, um, 
it's certainly uh, I I never got positive feedback on anything I wrote, but right. <laughs> but with that being said, we were, you know, we were, we were lucky feedback. to get anything back at all, right? You just turned yeah, the paper exactly. and you never saw it again. So yeah, it went into the pile in the corner of yeah. Anderson's room. So yeah. that was it. Um, well, that's awesome. How well? So let me kind of flip this on you. How well do you think you feel you've been supported from your administration? and or other teachers. I mean, do you feel that you guys, you specifically have gotten a level of support that you can be like, yeah, okay, now I know what to do. Now I feel empowered what to do, or has it kind of been status quo? Like, um, Most of the support I get is from my fellow English teachers. They you know, we meet together often or we'll text or we'll email and talk about things that we're going through or things that we're trying to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, administratively, um, there hasn't been a lot of direction because I feel like they don't know. Right. Um, I feel like they're not maybe in on the front lines, you know, like really dealing with you know, they, they'll pop in every once in a while into our Zooms. Right. <laughs> but I just don't know. I, I don't blame them for not knowing. They just, right. it's hard to give advice when you have never done it. Right. Right. And so the parameters, we haven't really been given. It's more like, yeah, you're supposed to have these Zooms every day for four hours. Mm -hmm. um, go for it. Right. Engage them, engage them. Right. Right. Um, and so that's what I mean. I felt like I'm back to being a first year teacher. Cause I'm like, okay, sure. first of all, I, I usually don't teach for two straight hours, the same kids, but second of all, it's just a little box on my screen. I'm staring at these kids and trying to, right. are they engaged? Are they, are they playing Fortnite while they're looking at me? Are they watching a movie? Um, right. And so I've tried to use way, a, a lot of different methods that I would never have thought of in person. Right. Um, right. But, but so far, so good. In my opinion, um, found, you know, my groove and, and things are starting to sail smoothly, which, you know, might get totally, the apple cart might get up, uprooted here in a little bit when we have to go back. <laughs> right. But, you know, we'll figure it out when we go back. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure you tell Brusky and Brobeck I said hi. Those, yeah, we'll they, do. They, they were good dudes, so yeah, I appreciate they are. that. Good guys. Yeah. Um. All right. So last question, and then I'll let you uh, get to the course. Work on the uh, work on that rotation. Um. Obviously, it, you know the 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 phrase is well. It's what do you expect? Is twenty twenty right? And that's the ongoing joke, but as 2021 nears and hopefully things, you know, we, we know they're never going to be normal, but we, we, we don't know what normal is anymore. So where do you think education goes from here? Now, again, we could put things in a vacuum and say, you know, eventually at some point things are under control and there are certain things in place that allow more freedoms uh, around the United States. So this kind of leaving it in that context, where do you think education goes from here? You know, it's interesting because before uh, COVID hit, 
I was talking to my wife and I said, I, I feel like kids more and more are detaching themselves from like a public school, normal education and trying to find other ways in which to educate themselves. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know how much longer, but I felt, I, I was feeling like for a moment there that teachers might become obsolete. Interesting. And then COVID hit. And I said to my wife, wow, everyone, all of a sudden, we're like heroes here. We're like, everyone's <laughs> saying, we love right. our teachers. This is really hard to do as parents. We can hardly wait till our kids go back to school. And so right. I felt like it was almost like a blessing in disguise because a lot of kids realized that we're, are, you know, they were frustrated or they were like, I hate school. I, you know, I never want to come back. All of a sudden, those same exact kids were like, I can hardly wait to go back to school. I can't believe I'm right. saying that, but right. <laughs> I, need, I need that in my life. I need that motivation. I need that structure. I need that teacher that's pushing me to excel. And so right. as we evolve now, instead of what I thought was going to be, I feel like actually, you know, there, there is now a, even a more pressing need for teachers. And um, as you know, we come to our new normal. Um, English teachers in, in general have always begged for smaller class sizes, right? <laughs> um, and history Minor detail. Too, right? History right. and English, like these, these are the subjects where you grade a lot, a lot of papers. Um, right. And we're like begging for small class sizes. And we probably will get our wish in that you can't cram 36 to 40 kids in a classroom anymore and expect, you know, them not to get sick or whatever right and, sure. and so i believe in 2021 and beyond those classes will be smaller the desks will be separated um mm -hmm. we'll we'll be using technology more um you won't be maybe as closely knit when it comes to group work but you might be right. you might be in a group breakout online while you're sitting in a classroom sure um, and so as we learn more and more about technology, we're actually going to be using that same technology, but within the class now. Right. And, and, and I think that's where we're headed is that yes, technology is important. It's not an end all be all. We need right. a teacher. We need a teacher in a classroom. We need that, that, that structure in our kids' lives. We need that motivating person for seven hours a day to really push our kids to excel. Um, parents, are able to help when, when, when necessary, but you know, there's, there's a reason why there's a profession out there that, that, that people are flocking to because they, they know that um, they need that, right? Just like if I'm, you get a cut or I get a broken arm, I need a doctor to fix it. I can't try to fix it myself, which is what right. parents have been trying to do the last three or four months. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, public education, is going to rise back up again. Yes, there's going to be other means as, as well. There should be every kid should have an opportunity to find success in whatever forum they can, um, whether it be virtually or in person or, you know, whatever. But I feel like education is going to change a little bit in that it'll be smaller class sizes. It'll be technology within the classroom. It, it'll teachers will be better off because they've learned a lot of different techniques. And I think the students will be too. Yeah, no, that that's, I think I, I, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, uh, I think 
a number of people, and especially if he lives, listen to the educational experts. Of course, he's the people that haven't been in the classroom for 15 and 20 years. But with that being said, you know, there's been this kind of a, a needing of a resurgence, a rebirth, a, a, a almost, hey, how can we reinvent the wheel this time and, and, and really give kids a better opportunity to succeed? And, and to kind of go back a little bit, the teachers that have struggled the most were used to getting up in front of a classroom every day, you know, spewing out information for 30 to 40 minutes, do the section questions at the end of the textbook, and then off you go. Or we're going to read um, of mice and men, and you're going to, you know, tell me why Lenny is Lenny, right? Whatever it is, it's, but, but now to your point, there, there's going to be, you know, I think the tech industry is going to work really hard to come up with more interactive avenues within a classroom setting where you're physically in place. You know, I think some of the things that I was doing or trying to do when I was at, you know, Laguna Beach was, hey, share a Google Doc, start working, you know, yeah. you can have a pot, you know, you know, we had those, you know, pods where you could, you know, move desks together or there was a four pack, whatever it was, but, yeah. you know, all the kids could be working on a, a slide presentation. And, and so, you know, some things are there, but I think there's going to be some next level stuff that's going to really, you know, holistically change education and, and, and give kids, you know, multiple avenues. You know, we talk about voice and choice. Well, they're certainly probably going to have that in 2021. And I think school districts will have to get on board yeah. and states will have to get on board because if you don't, you know, not it, not that this is a knock against private education. All right. But, you know, people will find the economies of scale to go private. And, yeah. and I mean, you and I were both, I think, good representations of the positive impact public educations can have. And I know, you know, there are thousands of teachers out there with the same story. So yeah, um, yeah we're the times are changing as the yeah. song says. So yeah, for sure. Well, look, man, I can't thank you enough. Um, I still, I, I still wish I was just kind of up the hall from you and I could come. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, do, do, do lunch with, uh, with the, with the crew there and, uh, all that good stuff. But, uh, I miss you guys, but uh, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad the school year's going well for you. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll keep, uh, praying that things go smoothly for you, man. Thanks. Appreciate that, Pat. Appreciate having, having me on. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this concludes episode 15 of the everyday teacher podcast. Again, we had John Hendricks is on English teacher at Laguna beach high school and baseball coach and golf coach and uh, uh, a reader of sports pages and wearer of hats, um, uh, teacher of geometry. Um, in any case, where can you find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts by just typing in the Everyday Teacher Podcast. We're also on Podbean. Um, same thing. You can search by typing in the Everyday Teacher Podcast. You can find us on Facebook um, as well as my Twitter account at pjpollock one two three. Um, it's been great to get back on here. We look to have some great, some great, uh, guests coming your way. And again, John, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. And as always, keep learning.